this is Dr. Jeff Craig, superintendent for the West Aurora Schools. And this morning, we are really happy to have uh, Victor Perez, who is our dean of students at Washington Middle School. Victor, welcome to our uh, 10th podcast. Thank you, Dr. Craig. Thank you for inviting me, and it's great to be here. Absolutely. We, uh, we look forward to having these conversations with uh, our staff members and uh, our students and former students, and we try to bring all those folks and give them a little introduction into our community. Um, so, you know, we can go online or we can, or you're in a job interview, and you can say, tell us about yourself, and then somebody rehashes their resume. Tell us some things about who you are, your background that we can't read on a resume. I think... Uh, for me, one of the major things that makes who I am, I, I, I can't deny my immigrant background. Uh, my father and mother uh, immigrated to the United States from central Mexico in Zacatecas. Uh, my father was part of a government program known as the Braceros. After World War II, uh, many returning soldiers were getting GI bills. It's kind of how the suburbs began, if you know a little bit about American history, which is one of my passions. And as more people got into college, a lot of factories, a lot of blue collar jobs were just lacking that, that skill work uh, for men who had gone overseas. And so my dad, a priest actually, uh, told him in his small village, there's, there's work if you want it. And he came and he worked in a cannery, a tuna cannery in Long Beach, California. No kidding. Worked in a field picking oranges and was there throughout the whole like Cesar Chavez uh, migrant worker movement. Um, and then he worked in steel mills in Indiana. He was just transferred. It was kind of a, you, you get paid, uh, get your get your lunch bucket, and, and here's where you're going to go. Sure. Many of his, uh, his fellow workers were migrant in the sense of they would spend seasons here working and, and go back. And my dad did something that it was unheard of for the late 60s and early 70s. He put a down payment down in a house on the east side of Aurora. Put some roots down. Yeah. And... You know, he was called crazy for doing that. So many, even still today, you'll see that chain migration where people come, bring someone up, and and then go back once they once they've got a nice little you bet. amount of money. But uh, my dad tells me all the time, my his brothers, my uncles, call him. What are you doing? You're, you're crazy. <laughs> what are you doing buying a house? Uh, but he bought a house, set some roots down. Uh, my mother and and siblings were still in Mexico at the time. He would go back and visit, and when he had the opportunity, and and and. About 1968, brought my mom and, and five siblings up. No kidding. Uh, they had a boy in 1970, my, my brother, and another one in 1977. That would be myself. And uh, out of the seven of us were the two American-born first-generation immigrants. Wow. I tell you what, and, and we're, the, uh, we're the proud recipients of a great decision that your dad made. <laughs> yeah, still to this day. So Spring Street is still... We're happy that you're here. I take, I take the long route when I'm, when I'm heading out <laughs> just to see how the old house is doing. But, you know, that being said, it was very blue-collar yeah. growing up, you know, very blue-collar. My mom was a factory worker. She would get home, work second shift. I would get home. There'd be lunch on the table and a note of my chores. And dad would get home about six and... And we'd kind of, you know, do everything we needed to be done so we can watch wrestling at night. There you go. And that was that was kind of life for us for, for a long time. But it really taught me getting up and going, like not, not quitting. And, and that's kind of where it was. Um, my background with the district is it kind of started, I look at now with growth mindset, it's a great lens to look back on. But uh, after high school, I went to U of I. I had... Great time there. Wish I would have got a degree there. <laughs> but when I came back, my parents were like, okay, 
you tried college and that wasn't for you. Now you're going to work. And, you know, I did some odd jobs, did some drywall. But one of the great jobs I got with the agency was I was a night custodian at, at Nancy Hill Elementary. No kidding. And that was my first road into West Aurora. But the original Nancy Hill. The original Nancy Hill. Yeah. There were Friday nights where my dad at the time had retired and he was like, hey, let me go with you. He was just itching to go do something. So there would be nights, some of the greatest nights that I can remember was my dad and I kind of sweeping up Nancy Hill together. What a great story. Yeah. What a great story. And that's where it began. And for those that don't know, Nancy Hill Elementary was uh, built in 1888, was the fifth oldest uh, active school in the state of Illinois. And until 2017, stood uh, proudly in our district and so we're right next door to it, we built a brand new state-of-the-art building, and uh, so the new Nancy Hill was erected, and uh, what, a, what a great history and connection to our district. That's awesome. And it says a lot about where you got your foundation from, uh, good old-fashioned hard work and uh, good routine, and no shortcuts, just get after it and put your nose down and go hard. You get after it, you learn. Um, it was great to work with Cindy Larry, who was sure. the principal at the time, and I'll forget, never forget a uh, conversation she had with me and said, you're too good for this. You need to come back in the summer. And because at the time I was going now to Wabanzi and to AU to finish up my degree. And she said, you're too good for this. You need to come back and, and do something with us. So a gentle nudge in the back. Gentle nudge, in yeah. the, gentle nudge in the next uh, year I was a paraprofessional. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so that takes us to uh, most recently you uh, took an opportunity. I think this is year two. First year. First year still. First year Feels still. like you've, you're a veteran. <laughs> so year one as a dean of students. Year one as a dean. And so talk to us a little bit about that transition and then kind of walk us right into some of the things, you know, people think dean just being the bad guy and having to meet out discipline and, and the, the iron fist. But talk us a little bit about what you do as a dean. So transition from classroom to dean and then some of your responsibilities. Well, that was also a gentle nudge. I seem to get a lot of those, and, and those are always nice. And I've, lear I've learned finally to listen to those gentle nudges. But that was a gentle nudge. I was kind of asked. Uh, Dr. Burton kind of said, hey, there might be an opportunity. And then one day, lo and behold, uh, Dr. Michael Smith uh, kind of stopped by and said, hey, how would you like to um, do a long-term sub for us? You know, Ms. Franco, who's our assistant principal of operations at Washington, uh, was going on maternity leave. And, you know, I, I, I get bored very easily and I like to challenge myself. And I said, sure, why not? You, what's the worst that can happen? And here I am. So I was able to step into that administrative role for half a year and kind of see and shadow Miss Odin, who was our dean at the time, Dr. Burton, who was our principal, uh, kind of help fill out whatever was needed at that time. And then uh, after that, I went back to the classroom but having now seen what was behind the curtain, sure. I said, hey, you know, I, I really liked that role. I liked stepping into that. I was still helping families. I was still helping students, which is one thing I was always afraid of stepping into any administrative role or any leadership role was that I didn't want to lose that connection with you the bet. students. And so it wasn't that when you do this, you're going to lose that. It's when you do this, you have to use that. And so stepping into the role of dean, I knew it was going to be a, a Difficult decision because it was I was going to be working with teachers, families, and students, stakeholders that I had worked with in a different capacity as Absolutely. a teacher. And it is a completely different yeah. role. People, people think about you differently, for sure. For sure. And, you know, the one thing about the dean's office is you're, 
your, your main job is to keep 720 odd students, uh, middle school students from acting like 720 odd middle school students. And so you're, you're, there are days where you feel like, you know, you just got a finger in, in, in the dam and, and plugging up the leaks. And the main difference for me has been not having that control of the pace. Hmm. When you're a teacher, I can have that, that just that background, that, that planning that I say, all right, I'm going to give this quiz on Friday. I know what I have to, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I know what I have to get to and if I have to push it back, but, but I'm controlling the pace especially when you're teaching the subject seven times a day like it was, right? First period, I know what worked, I know what didn't, I can adjust it. When you're a dean, it's what's the day going to bring, right? And, and your day and goes. And every kid's different. Every kid is different, and your day goes quickly. But, you know, there are times when I know that when teachers see you, they're not happy as a dean. They're, they're coming with you with, with the student who has interrupted their process. When a student sees you, they're not happy because they know they've done something or, or, or have been accused of something or, or were involved in something that, that's going to be – that they're going to see what happens with, with those decisions. When you call home, the parents aren't happy because they don't drop off their kid expecting for that phone call. And so you're so, not always the bright ray of sunshine. You're not, you're not always. Well, my job has been how do I, how do I change that? How, sure. do I, how do I become something that's more transformative than punitive? You know, there's great research out there and have me in there. Um, just, I think by this time we're all well aware, whether it's because of Senate bills, whether it's because of research, we're well aware of like, we have them before, the pri- before prisons have them. Sure. Like it or not. And we know that there is a, a prison pipeline that can sometimes come through education and, and who we target. And, and we're looking at that. That, that. That's part of our conversation that we're having as far as expulsions go, as far as punitive measures go. So when they come to my office, one of the first things I asked is, is let's be reflective. What, what could we have done differently? It's easy to be punitive right off the bat. Uh, I think it takes, uh, you have to step back and kind of see it. And having grown up on the east side, having known that these decisions aren't always the kid's decision. And that, and that sounds maybe a bleeding heart. That sounds maybe, you know, but you're given these opportunities and, and it's, what do you do with these opportunities? What do you do with these decisions? And I know that it, sometimes it's, they're reacting to circumstances, to circumstances that have been placed in front yeah. of them. So I take that into consideration. I think part of my job also is I, I love, uh, you know, when I, when I have a kid who comes in and I say to him, hey, come see me at the end of the week. You had a great week. You're one of my frequent flyers. <laughs> but this week, you had a great week this week. And communicating that to the parents, when I get, when I get that phone call and I say, hello, may I please speak to so-and-so? This is Mr. Perez, Dean at Washington. They go, okay, what do they do now? And I said, no, I, I want to tell you what they did. They had a great week. They weren't in here. They were, in cla- they, they were to class on time every day. They were here every day. Heard some positive things. Saw them interacting at lunch. So it, you have to balance it. You have to be able to, to see and I think the greatest thing that has helped me is being a, being a father. And I got three kids, and I know just based, especially my youngest, I know one day I'm going to get those phone calls, and I want to know that someone's going to be there to help them through that crisis. And not yeah, kids, that's their MO. They make bad decisions. And, you know, and I think uh, having sat in that dean's chair at the high school for seven years myself, it's not about checking off a box that said we gave out mm-hmm. the consequence. It's about changing behavior. 
And if we can get kids to help rethink the next time that situation or circumstance presents itself, can I make a better decision so that I can change my behavior? And I think that's right up your what you're what you're talking about. That's your focus of getting to think about it so that this doesn't get a, repeated. And I think that's uh, it's not easy to do. And we certainly applaud you for doing that. Cause that's how we that's how we change. Is uh, we just don't keep you know we don't just keep beating on kids and throwing uh, consequences at them. Help them think about how to do things different next time. Yeah, I mean they're 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 what I've seen as a dean is that so many times. Uh, these circumstances just the student becomes their own worst enemy. Sure. That mindset of um, it's not going to get better, and and that's one thing. When I I applaud the efforts that education has taken into really looking at growth mindset and I and looking at it like I I coached soccer for many years, so looking at it from a coach's perspective, all right, that game we lost that game. What do we do better? Where, where can we where can we we make those adjustments to move forward and and keep improving our absolutely. Craft? So, so if you had, uh, if you were to point to one thing that you, your aha moment to this year, what's one of the biggest challenges uh, that you faced when you transitioned from the classroom to administration in general? Not necessarily the dean's job, but you know, um, I was a leader uh, in our in our AEAW, and I was able to have those conversations with teachers. I was able to, to speak with teachers and they were, you know, my, my people in the trenches, you know, I was there with them. I knew what, the, what people were going through. Moving up, uh, I, I have a feeling that sometimes it's a, it's a very ingrained us versus them mm. mentality as far as teachers and administrators. And for, for anyone, you know, for my focus is if you're student driven, then you're, you're all on the same boat. Absolutely. You're all, you need to head in the right direction and you need to still maintain those relationships. So the biggest challenge is keeping that teacher lens, not losing that lens, knowing that, you know, this is what I would have wanted from my administrator in that situation and, and knowing those relationships and, and that really what it, what it comes down to. That biggest challenge is maintaining those relationships, even with this perspective. So when you look at something like uh, helping a teacher who's going who's just reached the point with the student that, that they're, they're going to clash. The personalities are going to clash. Kind of giving some recommendations to the student and the teacher. Hey, this is what we can do moving forward. You know, uh, keep, keep your eye on the prize. We have, a, we have a lot of, we have, I would say, a majority of, of wonderful, hardworking students who are going to apply themselves, who are going to learn. And then we have those few who get in their own way. And those are the ones you want to concentrate on. That's why we got in the in the profession. Just reminding it that's that's the reason we're here. It, Absolutely. It, it, that also gets tough. You know that 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 because there are times where you can't share information. You can't be as forthcoming as you once were, and you can't commiserate uh, with people the way you used to. You know, you 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 always have to do it with the lens of how do we get better. So you talked a little bit about your impact on students and staff and parents. What's been some of your positive experiences um, in the dean's role? Uh, being able to communicate with the, with the parent in in Spanish hmm. when something goes wrong, it, it's amazing, you know. And that's something that I bring. I'm going to tell you, my my mother and father, have, like I said, have been here since the early '70s, and they still will feel intimidated speaking English with with people whose native tongue is English. Sure. And that's a that's a cultural 
that's just knowing the culture, knowing, knowing who your clientele is. Uh, if you look at Latin America, if you look at a lot of, of Latin American countries, teachers in high regard, like, like a doctor. So when the doctor gives you a, a diagnosis, okay, you may need a second opinion, but it, it's still going to carry weight. Teachers in Latin America the same way. When like my mom speaks so highly of like her village and, and where the, what the teachers would do and they would come to the house and people would cook for them. And, and so the, the, even the word maestro, uh, we, we look, when it's a maestro, it's, it's a sure. master of, of ceremonies, it, it say. But knowing that, like when, when you look at why sometimes culturally, you know, you say, well, these parents aren't involved, these parents aren't here. It's not that. It's they're trusting the people with the degrees. And I want to change that and say, hey, no, we're in this together. So when I'm able to call in Spanish and kind of explain the situation and say, there is no, first of all, if a kid's really in trouble, there's no room to hide. I used to translate meetings and I always used to take a little edge off if I knew I was in trouble for, with my parents. But being able to communicate with people in, in, and make them feel comfortable and make them understand that WMS is not a place you're visiting. Washington's not a place that you're, we're just housing you. It's your school. It's your school as much as everyone else's, as much as as anyone else's and being inviting and having that cultural awareness it's really helped that's a positive uh, if i want to talk about an experience i really have to tell you you know i think we all grew on february 15th oh yeah and there was a moment at that time and and i know i can do things better i hope i never have to have the opportunity to do things better with something like that but at the end of the day, I looked at that gym that was housing so many of our walking students. Students were being picked up and students just could not uh, get on a bus that day because their, their parents were, were calling in to keep them. And in the whole midst of, of everything going on, uh, at the end of the day, we got every student home to their families. And that night, whether they were late or whether they were angry or frustrated with us, and, and when we do a debrief, and, and I understand that we can always do better in those situations. You always learn and adapt. There was a moment where I took a picture of our gym and that, that Washington General's logo on the wall and all the empty bleachers that were still out. and It was quiet and it was calm. And I just thought, hey, I'm going home to my family. And everyone got home to their family. And there are people who wish they had that moment of calm tonight. And so that was a victory for me, saying, like, hey, yeah, we, we did it. You know, we, we got everyone home. I, just seeing teachers stay, no questions asked, doing what they needed to do, walking students down, opening doors, parents coming up, thanking us. It was a, it was a moment of, like, this is why we do what we do. I would agree. That's, uh, you know, that, your, your, your description is very vivid and uh, paints a very uh, colorful picture uh, it feels like it should have been a long time ago, but it's very fresh in our minds mm-hmm. and our hearts. And um, that was a that was the beginning of several days of not only the event but healing afterwards. And and it's about those relationships that we could build. And so I I certainly uh, I can uh, understand your perspective and certainly appreciate your thoughts on that. You talked about um, the ability to, to communicate. Um, especially to the Spanish-speaking parents, which is, which is absolutely a, a talent, uh, especially, um, you know, we have a significant part of our enrollment, almost 56% of our enrollment is, uh, are Hispanic. 
And uh, I know they appreciate when we're able to communicate accurately and take some of the, um, the cloudiness out of those discussions and provide some clarity. But what are some other gifts or talents that, that you, Victor Perez, Dean of Students, brings to uh, the Dean's role to uh, Washington Middle School in District 129? I, like I said, I mentioned those nudges earlier. Sure. And I've been in a lot of buildings in the district and worked for a lot of administrators. And, and while at the time... It was very difficult, especially before we had uh, buildings that were cool and buildings that were, were, <laughs> were heated correctly. I remember packing up my classroom many, many times, not knowing where I was going to be next year because I was with the bilingual program, and that tends to, to rely on numbers and hubs and, and a lot of travel. You know, after I was at Hill, I went to Smith. After Smith, I went to Schneider. After Schneider, I went to Lincoln. After Lincoln, I went to Freeman. Wow. Freeman, I went to Partnership. Partnership to Hall, to Washington. Not to mention, you know, just just all those times. So I think what it helped me do was really establish friendships, relationships, the ability to talk to people. Um, in in Spanish, of course, with the families, and but being a representative of of Aurora saying, hey, I grew up here. I know these families. I know who you're talking about. I can, I can go back and, and talk about, you know, this, these communities that we serve. Um, but also being someone to say, hey, on the flip side of that, I also want to show, like, this is who I am as a homegrown person here. I'm still learning. And you're looking at someone who grew up on the east side, on Spring Street, in the 700 block, surrounded by... Latin kings and deuces and gangster disciples. And you're looking at a person with two masters, several endorsements who I'm not done yet either. And so it's nice to be able to relate to the families, but it's nice to show, you know, this is what I was capable of because of hard work, because of my failures, I was able to bounce back and, and get to where I need to be. But really it's also a lot of levity, a lot of humor. A lot of good music. If you ever stop by uh, Washington's lunches or, or my office, you know that, you know, there's going to be times because you need it. When you're dealing with kids in crisis, when you're dealing with teachers in crisis. Uh, and I say that, you know, because at the time that when you have a problem, that's your problem. I may have a list of things to do, but the person coming and seeing me at that time, that is the fire that they need put out. Um, but you have to do it with levity. You have to do it with humor. You have to build those relationships and and love what you do and get up and do it every day. When I had the uh, distinct privilege of uh, visiting your office and Jerry, making a request. Uh, yeah, and you know, it was there. We have, old uh, school Jerry Rafferty. Exactly, on the LP too. Uh, yes, you did. You pulled out the vinyl. Pulled the old uh, vinyl out. That was impressive. I appreciate that, uh, that opportunity yeah. to hear that. It took me back a little bit. You know, you talk about uh, uh, levity and music and, um, you know, like I said, having... When I was the dean of students, I was also the head wrestling coach, and and that's how I kind of did some balance because some of uh, most of my day was dealt dealing with negative uh, situations, having difficult conversations. How do you balance your day of challenges versus uh, how do I turn this into a positive? Uh, it's very easy to sit in your office, close your door, and, and wait for the kids to be sent to you. Um, one thing I love to do is get up and walk. 
you know, get up, walk around, go into a classrooms there. There's a couple language arts classrooms that I love going in on Monday because they got their new vocabulary and I try to test myself to see if I can use <laughs> all those vocabulary words in a positive message to the kids. Absolutely. And so now the kids kind of see it as a game, like if they can, if they can test me. And if, if, if I can do that, if I can still walk around, working the lunches is great because you're, you're still seeing all the kids. Uh, you're still forming relationships with them, saying hello to those great kids, you know, reminding myself that, that you know, as a father, you're sending your best. These parents, these parents are sending us everything they work for when, when they're in our halls and it's positive, you know, going to those. We just, uh, I'm very proud to say, seventh grade girls, City of Lights champions. Absolutely, loud and so proud. So being, being able to go to those games, being able to cheer on your kids, even even in a supervision role, it, it's wonderful. I, I miss coaching a lot, but I'm still able to, you know, I love stopping in and seeing the teams practice and yes. the teams work. Because it's those extracurricular things that make them well-rounded. It's those investments back into the school, those times dedicated, I I love stopping in to the music room when they're working on ukulele, seeing what they're seeing what they're doing, stopping in the art room, looking at the great displays. I mean, we have such a great fine arts program throughout the district, but just it, it reminds you of how much talent you're surrounded with from the teachers, from the students, from the, really the community that you're serving. And sometimes those extracurriculars are the are the strongest hook for those kids to keep coming back to school every day. And and. It's a reminder too that sometimes the seeds you sow, you don't you don't see them sprout and blossom all the time. I I remember I, I think back to seeing the seeing the kid like Will Easley wow. and his achievements on our on our website runner and knowing a great story. And, and and there's I don't think there's a teacher at Washington that doesn't say, That's a general. Yeah. You know, like you, you look back and, and you personalize it, you remember those and and to see the achievements that they're doing with Coach Krause and, and even in the high school with, with Imer, I just read an article on Matt Johnson. Yes. Another great general. And, and to, to think you had that impact, you had that, that moment with them and, and you were there when they were making those critical decisions of what they were going to do and who they were going to be. And, and when on your most frustrating day, you have to step back and say, I'm not going to see it, but it, there's greatness here. I mean, like, uh, I think with just uh, Carlos Jaquez, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Division II national champion yeah. in wrestling. That's, you know, I'm near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Uh, so it was what a great accomplishment. It's, it's nice to be able to shout It's amazing out. to see. It is amazing to see. And and I love when I see it and, and you see that Blackhawk pride and, and then you break it down to... Well, I'm sure there's Freeman teachers saying that's a Mustang. I'm sure, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> everybody's got a little later claim, every, right? Everybody's got a little bit of claim in that. And it's true. They do. Well, and if people, you know, listening uh, to our podcast don't know about Will Easley's qualified for the uh, Pan Am Games uh, powerlifting and will be representing our country um, in Cuba, I believe, yeah. next summer or so, or the spring. So it's exciting. It's exciting to see. So, you know, I, you caught my ear when um, you talked about some of your academic and your, your career accomplishments and uh, when you said, I'm not done yet. So I'm what are your future yet. aspirations? What What is... What is uh, I know it's year one, and it's still kind of working one. through that. I'm going to get through this year. Yeah. That's my future aspiration. But has it piqued your interest? Has it tickled your brain a little bit to say there's what, what else is out there? A little bit, uh, for sure, because, I, like I said earlier, I get bored easily, and I don't <laughs> like to. And part of that is is just that's, that's part of education. You get a fresh start every year. You get a new batch of students every year, and you try to figure out 
uh, what am I going to do better this year? What am I, how am I going to get better? And that's something that bettering myself is something I, I really, really want to do. I, I've had some downs in life, and, and they've made me really, really strong. I look back now and I say I, I would not be here where I'm at had it not been for where I grew up, had it not been for, for my failures. So when I look at something like Growth Mindset, or we just had a, a wonderful day with the learning pit sure. and how to get out of it. I love that. I look at that as a father. So as, as I look towards the future, not anytime soon, but I would love to have a doctorate. I, I have a you know, very, uh, very uh, typical Mexican mom, and if nothing else, for her to be able to tell people that she has a doctor for Absolutely. her son would be nice. Um, but not only that, there's a, there's a picture I have when I graduated with my master's in teacher leadership, and I have my firstborn in my hands and my graduation cap. And that's one of my favorite pictures of all time. That's awesome. And I, I also have to know that, like, I want to keep being a lifelong learner because I have people seeing me and the steps that I take. And my own kids, students, I, I my... My motto has always been, even when I was teaching bilingual, learning English is hard. It's not impossible. If I can apply that to other things, you know, being a dean is hard, but it's not impossible. Moving forward is hard, but it's not impossible. It's, it keeps that drive going, but really, what does the future hold? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know that I want to keep learning and, and keep moving forward. So you've... Uh You've really shared a lot of personal pride, professional pride, pride in your community. Um, you've talked about how you push yourself and how you approach each day and approach uh, your influence on others. What would you tell, what would be your message, the Victor Perez message to young educators who are contemplating moving into the administrative ranks to that first foray into administrivia? How would you counsel them? Hmm, that's a difficult one. It took me a long time. It, it took me, you know, my upper teens of years of being a teacher. Sure. You know, I started being a parapro in 2000. Uh, and I was a classroom teacher in 2003. So we're looking at 15, 16 years of me making that decision. But I would say gain as many experiences as you can. Mm. Great perspective. Uh, if, if you get an opportunity... Even if, you know, you're going to question yourself, say, is it, is it right for me? What if I don't do a good job? What if I fail? I, I need to, and I still need to do a better job of it, but I really, it's okay, it's okay for, for failure. Mm -hmm. Embrace it. I, I'd rather say, yeah, I, I tried it. <laughs> it wasn't for me. It didn't work out. I can tell you what I learned. I can tell you how it made me better. Um, so really... I would say to any young educator, gain those experiences. Maybe, and I would also say that it's not necessarily, the title's great, if that's what it is. But if you're looking at it like, how am this gonna make me a better educator for students? Gain those experiences. You know, I was an assistant coach and I loved that role because I was able to help someone be a head coach, be in front of these students, and eventually became a partnership of, and I want to just say, like with Vince Payne at Washington, that we had some 
some some success. We had some failures, but we were there doing it together. Gain those experiences, you know, try when someone says, hey, would you want to be on the SIP committee? Yeah, why not? I'll see what I can bring to the table. It, it's it's daunting, and with the, with the high demands of teaching, with the high demands of what we do every day, it's easy to say no. I want a little bit of comfort right now, and I would say, yeah, okay. But, but have that balance and be able to, to gain those experiences because what you're doing is just, you're just preparing your own arsenal of saying, I, I, I know that perspective. I can tell you that perspective. I can tell you uh, what works, what doesn't, and, and you keep learning. Great advice. That's great advice. I, uh, I applaud you for having that, that perspective. So as we start to working on closing out um, our conversation today, um, you've mentioned a few things that you've been proud of or, or want to point to. Is there any one thing that you can uh, kind of put your finger on that says this is something I'm really proud of or I was a part of, uh, whether it's this year or in the recent past? Uh, so many things at West Aurora. You know, I'm so proud and, and thankful for what this district has given me. I met my wife teaching at Schneider. So my three kids are a direct result of my career in West That's awesome. And really, when my son Benjamin, <laughs> early in the year, it tells his friends, my dad's a dean. <laughs> I said, oh, kid, there's nothing. To, what do you? <laughs> he looked at he doesn't. He has no idea what it is I do, but he was so proud of, like, my office and so proud of, like, that, that whereas my dad's a dean. That makes me proud. Absolutely. You know? um, but all, it's all the little things. There's, I, there's nothing, there's no great, uh, I'm not finding a, a vaccine. I'm not coming up with anything. But it's the day-to-day -day when I have a kid come in and give you a thank you note. When you have a, you know, when you say hello and you ask a kid how you're doing and they genuinely answer and, and they're having a bad moment and, and you're, the, you're the adult they're trusting. Sure. That's, that's the stuff that like, all right. I, I, I can do this one more day. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all those things. And I mentioned a couple of them. Uh, in West Aurora, to be part of that first, I love the days of, of where we're able to see fellow West Aurora employees kind of give us their perspective on life. So that power of you day, being part of that first uh, year, it was a very proud moment. And I told a lot of the same stories, just sure. talking about my father and his, and his work and all the work that, that teachers do and, and applying that that blue collar mentality to being a caretaker, uh, you know, because whether we're a parapro, a custodian, a lunch, uh, a lunch server, a teacher, uh, you know, a, uh, office professional, we're caretakers, right? We're, we're giving people's kids and we got them for the majority of the day, sometimes more than their parents have them. Everyone has a role. Yeah, and everyone and everyone pulls that weight and, and we get it done. Um, but that's what I'm really proud of, having, having so many people I can look back and say, they helped me be a better uh, person, a better educator. Well, Mr. Perez, we are really, really happy that uh, you took the time to, to visit with us today. We are extremely proud to have you on our Thank District you, 129 team. And uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts and insights. Uh, Dean of Students at Washington Middle School, Victor Perez. Um, obviously a very proud, proud dad, proud uh, community member, and, and proud uh, member of our 129 team. So thanks for your time today. Pleasure Thank to you, visit. Craig. It was a pleasure. 
Um, if I could uh, remind everybody that remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. And I would encourage you to subscribe to our broadcast and please give us your feedback so we can continue to improve our discussions. Appreciate your time today, and uh, we'll look for you for the next podcast.